So glad you are uh, here this morning, especially if it's your first time with us or your first time in a long time. Know that you're our honored guest. Thanks for taking some time out of your weekend uh, to be here. We as a church strive hard to live out these words above the stage, loving God and loving others. We would uh, be so blessed if you joined us on that journey. So stick around, get to know us a little bit better. We'd love to help you out in your journey as you pursue those two things as well. Hey, uh, the Broncos might be on bye week, but God never takes a bye week, amen? He never takes a day off, and the church never does either. So we're continuing this week uh, in our sermon series entitled Simply Seven. I'm excited that next week we'll begin a series through the book of James, a verse-by-verse uh, through that book. It's a great book, super encouraging, super challenging all at the same time. So Nathan and I will walk you through the book of James uh, starting next week. But this morning, we're wrapping up the series we've been in the last couple of months entitled Simply Seven, Everything You Need to Know in Seven Words. Now, here's the basic gist behind the series and kind of uh, what we've been talking about thus far. A lot of things in life, if you think about it, for one reason or another, at one time or another, can get overly complicated. Things can just get confusing and uh, rather complex, from toothpaste options to investment opportunities to healthcare plans. I don't know about you, but at times things just go way over my head, or I feel that like I'm in way over my head. Uh, Sometimes I feel like there's a vocabulary or a degree or an intelligence level that's needed to understand certain things, and I just don't have any of them. Uh, and whether you realize it or not, that same uh, dynamic can happen with the Christian message, with Christianity as a whole. It can become way too complicated. Christianity become way too complex. Throw in a little science, a little Holy Spirit, some talk about the uh, age of the earth or the end of the earth, uh, what you read online, what you heard a professor say one time, what your favorite pastor believes, and suddenly a message that's designed to draw you closer to God is actually pushing you away, uh, driving you away from God. It's just too complicated. And so that's what we're trying to remedy in and through this series. We're trying to keep it simple, as the acronym said. We're trying to, like Jesus, say everything there is to say about our faith and our God in a handful of words. And since in ancient Hebrew culture, the number seven communicated wholeness and completion, we've chosen seven words, seven words that we truly believe uh, say it all. Seven words that keeps God's message and God's story simple and straightforward and hopefully makes it a lot easier to share. If you haven't been here for any part of the series, hey, go back online, uh, check out these messages. All of the words kind of build on one another. They're all connected. And so we'd love for you to know and have heard all of those. Uh, even if this was your favorite series of all time, you just have to go back and hear it all over again. I wouldn't be mad at you. Go back and check it out online. We truly believe there's power in these seven words. And this morning we're going to wrap it up. It would make sense uh, at the, the tail end of the message, a uh, message on seven words, to end the series by sharing with you the seventh word, the word culmination. Uh, but here's the thing. Uh, a few months ago, we did a series entitled Afterlife. How many of you, by show of hands, remember our Afterlife series? Just humor me, even if you don't. Just raise your hand. Okay, perfect. Uh, this was a series all about what? Heaven. Right? It was all about the life that is yet to come for those who believe, the life that comes after this life. And to be honest with you, this might sound like I'm taking the easy or the cheap way out. Anything or everything I could say about the word culmination, I already said in that series. You see, what's the culmination of all things, it's described as the new heaven and the new earth that, that Jesus talked about, right? It's a life that includes a renewed earth, a resurrected body, reunions with relatives, the restoration, the renewal, Jesus says, Matthew 10, of all things, and so what I'm going to do for this last word, I'm just going to tell you to go listen to that series. I know it sounds horrible, doesn't it? I like beat myself up all week. Uh, but I thought we'd just end right now, go get some breakfast, celebrate Ryan's birthday together. Just call it good. 
not exactly. I want you to go back and listen to that series. We've made some CD copies available as well as DVD copies right at the Next Steps table. They're free. Go ahead and take them. We believe that to, to adequately summarize the culmination of all things, you can't say it in one message. In fact, we were barely able to say it in one series. So if you want to learn more about what's to come, how God's going to wrap this whole thing up, how he's going to conclude this story, how he's going to make it all right again, go back and listen to that series on heaven, the series on afterlife. And so this morning, what I thought we'd do, instead of focusing on that seventh word, I thought we would um, we'd talk about all the words and how important they are and how interconnected they are and really how powerful they are. Uh, to do that, I'm going to need seven volunteers. Anybody uh, willing to volunteer? Come on up here. Any age, any intelligence level, I just need seven able-bodied individuals to join me up on the stage, okay? I've got two. Well, that might be a little too young. He's going to have to be able to speak. I, I did say any age. You can come up and join me, though, buddy. Come on up here. All right. I need a few more. Anybody else willing? Is it only the young people who are courageous enough? Wow, we're going to have a very young offering. Okay, all right, come on up here. All right, you start down here, my friend. Come all the way down, basically about right there. Okay, two, three, four, five, six and a half, seven, down here. Okay, let's give these folks a round of applause just for being courageous enough to even come up. All right, this is how it's going to work. Every time I point at you, you're going to say this word, creator. All right, uh, grab a mic. There's seven mics behind you. One, Grab one right behind you. Two, there, perfect. Three, four, grab a mic right behind you. Right here, five, perfect. Call you get a little, six, seven. Okay, we're all mic'd up. Okay, so let's try it. I'm going to point at you and you're going to say, creator. again. Creator. Again. Creator. Every time I point, she's going to say the word creator. Okay, the second word in our series, the word curse. Every time I point at you, you're going to say, curse, curse. Okay, you shouldn't curse anywhere, but especially in church, but I guess you can say that word now. Okay, the third word in our series is captivity. So every time I point at you, you're going to say? Captivity, captivity, captivity. Okay, beautiful. All right, and the fourth word, one of the harder words, you're going to say covenant. All right, so every time I point at you, you're going to say? Covenant, covenant, covenant. Okay, she's got it down. And the fifth word, one of the best words ever, we just sang that, Christ. So every time I point at you, you're going to say? Christ, Christ. Christ. Okay, she's got it down with some enthusiasm. Beautiful. All right, and this word right here, you guys are going to say calling. So every time I point at you, you're going to say calling. Ready? Calling. 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 Say it again. Calling. Calling. Beautiful. Okay. Even if he doesn't say the right word, it's just so cute, right? It doesn't even matter. You can mess up the whole thing. And our seventh word, it's a big, long word, culmination. Can you say that when I point at you? Okay, she's got it down. All right, having, having volunteers up on the stage is a little dangerous, right? Uh, one pastor told me it's like having circus animals. So we'll just see. This could be really, really good, or it could turn out crazy, but either way, is a beautiful representation this morning uh, of our church. So here's, here's how the series goes. Here's how God's story goes. Right, the first word in the series is? Creator. And this is the truth, this foundational truth, that at the very beginning of time, there was this Creator. Who decided to initiate and start all of life, everything that is in existence, right? From, from the smallest particles to the mountain peaks, everything exists because of a creator. You got to focus, right? Everybody's got to pay attention. They're going to be all nervous now. The things that are in this world, they didn't just magically appear. It wasn't just some big bang that caused it all. They didn't just randomly mutate over millions of years and create life as we know it. Everything is here, not by accident, not by chance, not by randomness. It's all here because of a creator. You see, the, the Bible describes how the world was at the very beginning as, as tohu va bohu. Remember that phrase? 
Tohu Vavo means dark, empty, formless, void. And darkness and chaos, it doesn't change itself. It just breeds more of itself. And so darkness and, and, and emptiness and chaos can't suddenly create beauty and power and, and, and intelligence and wonder. It just can't suddenly create those things. It needs a creator to bring those things about. Right? It needs something, someone outside of itself, more powerful than itself, to bring about and change its condition. And that's exactly what the creator, creator did at the beginning. So it all starts there with that word. But here's the thing, the Creator. Creator's beautiful canvas suddenly was contaminated, right? It suddenly was clouded over by a curse. A curse. This ugly curse. Right? And this is the truth that as soon as Adam and Eve decided to make the Creator a smaller part of their equation, as soon as they decided to take the Creator. Creator's words and, and, and remove them from the equation, right? His design, his law, his intentions for them, there was this curse that just fell over all of creation. I mean, and every single part of it was covered in this curse. First of all, humanity's relationship with the earth was cursed. Cursed, nice! She conjugated it. That's what I'm talking about. I was waiting for some of those, the plurals, the whatever. Right, but, but, but creation, it was designed to work with and really work for humanity. That was the Creator. creator's design. But now because of the curse, the creation was going to fight against humanity. In addition to that relationship being cursed, another relationship was also cursed. And that's the relationship between God and humanity, right? That relationship where they were, they were going to be kicked out of the garden as well as kicked out of this beautiful, intimate connection with their creator. creator. I almost stole it from you. I'm sorry. Another relationship was also creator. Cursed. Cursed. Yes, I pointed at both of you. It was a relationship between man and woman. Everything went haywire in the garden. All these consequences of selfishness and short-sightedness, siding with the serpent, right? What the Bible calls sin. The consequences of that is this ugly curse. curse falls on all of it. And here's the problem with the curse. We can't get out of it. We can't break free from it. Try as we might, we're stuck. The Bible uses the words enslavement. It also uses the word captivity. Yes! There was a dramatic pause. <gasps> captivity. <laughs> right? We, we think we can fix the curse. curse on our own. We can't fix the curse on our own because we're in captivity, captivity to it, right? We think we can just kind of like make things better or, or more legislation or more volunteer hours or being nicer to our neighbors and suddenly the curse will go away. No, no, it's not just going to go away. We're being held in captivity. captivity to this thing. We're bound in it. We can't, we can't break free. And the more we try to do things on our own, what happens? We just make a bigger mess of it, don't we? But here's the beautiful truth, church, that, that in the middle of this mess, the creator, he makes this promise, what the Bible calls a Covenant. Covenant. Yes! A covenant. He makes this promise that he is going to come in and he is going to fix and repair and redeem everything that's gone wrong. He's not going to condemn it. He's not going to burn it all. He's not just going to throw it all away, even though he could. Instead, he makes this covenant, this, this beautiful promise. He says, I swear to you, I'm going to fix this. See, I'm not done with what I made. I'm not through with it yet. And so I'm going to repair it. I'm going to redeem it. I'm going to pay a hefty price. In fact, whatever price is necessary, the, the creator. creator says, I will pay that price. Because I want to free 
my creation from the curse. And so he makes a covenant. And this covenant. This covenant comes to fruition. It, it comes to its fullness. It comes true in and through Christ. Yes. Just say it again. Christ. Yes. <laughs> right? Everything up until this moment and everything that he said in the covenant comes to fruition Christ. in Christ. Right? Because it's Christ. Christ's blood. It's Christ. sacrifice. It's Christ. holiness. Christ. It's Christ. Everything that he does is able to come in and cleanse this canvas. Right? It makes right everything that's gone wrong. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago because it's, Christ. it's Christ's holy blood, right? It's his perfect cleansing blood that pays the ransom and pays the price. Because as soon as the curse came about, it demanded something. The curse was only going to be paid off in blood. The only way you broke free from your captivity was through blood and death. And so we tried through animal sacrifices, right, and offering up our own blood at times. We tried to break free from the and the captivity. But we couldn't do it. And so that's why Christ. That's why Christ had to come. That's why Christ. I just love that. <laughs> I just, just love that. And after Christ. After he frees us from the curse. And our captivity. He makes another convent. Covenant. covenant. Yes. Don't have to live in a convent, no, but just a covenant. <laughs> that's our eighth word in the series, convent. But he makes another promise that he is going to now catapult us into a great calling. He's going to catapult us into this great calling. Right, literally the entire trajectory of the storyline changes in this moment in and through Christ. And now we are calling and called into a whole different way to live. Now we are called to, called to live like Christ, to love like Christ, and to serve others in the name of Christ. That's our great calling. Yes. <laughs> we now free the rest of the world and everybody else around us from their captivity. See how this works? This great calling to be saved by God, this great calling to know and be loved by God, and this great to go out and work on God's behalf. Church, that's what we are now called into. And at some point in the future, a point that I honestly think can't come soon enough, the creator is going to completely remove the curse and all signs of the captivity as he comes through on his final and greatest Convent. Covenant, covenant, beautiful, and he's going to call Christ home and he's going to calling, calling us home and it's going to be the culmination, culmination of all things. Isn't that quite the story, church? Let's thank these guys right here. Take a bow. Take a bow. Hooray, hooray. Awesome. Thank you. Just put the mics down right where you are. I'll take your signs. Thank you guys so much. Perfect. We've got a future pastor on our hands down there. I know that. The first service crowd was a lot older than that one right there. That was a lot cuter than we did at 9 a.m., I'll tell you that right now. That's a fun way to summarize the story. And hopefully now those words mean something to you because you're always going to connect them to those sweet little voices or spirits. But 
Here's the thing, church. And I asked the question somewhat rhetorically, but also if you want, you can by all means uh, raise a hand to this. How many of you, though, truly, honestly, how many of you believe those seven words say it all? How many of you believe those seven words describe the beginning and the end and everything in between, right? How many of you believe those words are true? The truest of the true, the capital T truth. And I ask the question, not because I, I want you to affirm the series. I mean, whatever, go ahead. I ask because I want to point something out. See, if those words are true, if those words describe why there's a world, why the world is the way that it is, and what in the world you're doing in this world, it's not just true for you. If these words are true, they're true for everyone. Because that's how truth works. That's the basis of truth. These words don't just apply to Christians, they apply to every single person in our community. From the atheist to the agnostic, from the scientist to the saint, the world teaches something called relative truth, which means something might be true for me, but it's not necessarily true for you. Or vice versa, it might be true for you, but don't push it on me because it's not true for me. That goes against logic. That also goes against the very nature of truth. John 8 says this. Jesus says this, in fact. He told the Jews who had believed in him, if you continue in my word, you're truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you or set you free. See, Jesus in this passage, he's not talking about relative truth, a truth that only applied to some, but a truth that didn't apply to others. He's talking about an absolute truth. He's talking about his truth. He says, the truth. He doesn't say a truth or some truth or an example or manifestation of truth. He says it's the truth. What I say to you, my words are truth. It's not just true for Jews, but not for non-Jews. It's not just true for those in the first century, but not those in the 21st century. This is true for everyone. That's what makes it true, is that it applies to everyone everywhere, regardless if you know it, believe in it, adhere to it, or not. Jesus claims that his words, the words in this book, are true. And we believe that all of these words are summarized in the seven words that we've shared with you the last couple of weeks. We believe these words are true. And that these words aren't just neat ways and, and you know, uh, pithy ways of describing our faith or explaining our faith. These words literally bring freedom. These words are the basis by which we are able to bring life into other people's lives. You will know the truth and it will set you free. It will propel you in a new direction. And again, we came up with that tagline, everything you need to know in seven words because I believe it with all my heart. Everything you need to know is summarized in those seven words. That is truth and it will change people's lives. I'm gonna conclude this morning by showing you how that works. I wanna introduce you to somebody. His His name's Tim. Tim was uh, born and raised here in Denver, southeast Denver, out in Aurora. Uh, He works down at the Tech Center now, so most of his world revolves around that area. He's a good guy. Uh, He loves his family. He's got two kids. He really loves the Broncos. Uh, And for the most part, he really loves his life. But there are times when he's stuck on C-470 early in the morning. Some of you know that feeling. uh, Where Tim can't help but ask the question, is there more? Is there more to this? Is there more to my time? Is there more to how I'm using my energy? Is there more to this life? Tim asks these questions. He turns the music down, and deep in his heart, he's wondering, is there more? And you see, Tim desperately needs to hear the truth. Tim desperately needs to be set free. Tim desperately needs someone to share with him these seven words. 
And in particular, the words creator and calling. See, Tim desperately needs someone to tell him that he has been made, not by accident, but on purpose, for a purpose. That the great creator of the universe handcrafted Tim, gave him his talents and his passions and his abilities. And now he wants to use him to bring life to this world. Tim needs to hear that he has been called by this God into this great mission that is so much bigger than the tech center. So much more life-giving than success as we define it. He needs to hear he's been made for a reason. He has a creator who has called him. Who's going to share those words with him? Who's going to step up and share those words with him? Who's going to do it? Because he needs to hear the truth. And the truth is going to set him free. I want you to introduce you to, uh, to Tina. Tina's a cool gal. Uh, life hasn't really worked out the way that Tina would have hoped. Uh, she's been bouncing around from one job to another. And more recently, she's been bouncing around from one guy to another. Here's, here's why. Uh, Tina cannot shake the drinking habit that she has. Try as hard as she can, man. Nothing's, nothing's working. Even after a few DUIs and a pretty ugly divorce, Tina just cannot break free from the bottle. She can't get sober. She can't stay sober. And so Tina desperately needs to hear the truth. Tina desperately needs to be set free. Tina desperately needs someone to share with her these seven words, and in particular, the words captivity and Christ. Tina needs someone to explain to her that the the heart of the problem is a problem deep in her heart. She cannot break free on her own power from these passions and desires that only want to drag her down and take her life away. She is a slave to empty, fickle desires. And the only thing that's going to set her free is a guy named Christ. This one who is so powerful and so good and so loving and so perfect and so holy that he can give his life for her. He can take on her bondage. He can take on her death in all of its different forms and she can experience his life. Who's going to share those words with her? Who's going to reach out to Tina and tell her these words about captivity, and she's going to remain in that until she understands who Christ is, until she surrenders her life to Christ. So that's going to set her free, but someone's got to share it with her. Who's going to share those words with her? Who's going to do it? Last, let me introduce you to Sarah. Sarah works in a casino in Las Vegas, and last week her fiancé was shot and killed by a madman who opened fire on 25,000 innocent concertgoers. Sarah's world was wrecked in a moment of heinous evil. Sarah desperately needs to hear the truth. Sarah desperately needs to be set free. Sarah desperately needs someone to share the seven words with her, and in particular the words covenant and culmination. She knows all too well about the curse right now. You don't need to tell her about that word, but now she needs to hear about a God who's promised to make right everything that has gone wrong. A God who's promised to breathe life into that which is dead and raise that which has fallen under the the burden of evil. She needs to hear about a God who knows the depths of searing pain and loss. A God who has lost a loved one himself to evil. A God who will never stop pursuing her or her fiance in his love. She needs to hear about a life that is yet to come, the culmination of all things, where there is no sadness or pain or mourning or loss. A life where God has renewed everything that has gone wrong in this world. She needs to hear about this God, the covenant that he's made, and the culmination that he's promised. Who's going to share it with her? Who's going to set her free? 
Who's going to share truth? Who's going to do it? I lied. There, there's one final person I want to introduce you to. It's this person. I don't, I don't have a picture of them because I, I don't know them at all. But you do. This is a person in your life that doesn't know Christ, but that you know very well. It could be a cousin, a brother, a neighbor, a classmate, a coworker. And this person, like all the others that I've described to you this morning, they need to hear the truth because they need to be set free. They need someone to share with them the seven words. They need someone to be courageous enough and loving enough and bold enough to say, hey, I've got a story to tell you. I've got some words to share with you. I've got a truth you need to hear because I want you to be set free. This person, I kid you not, is waiting for you. They are waiting for you to come to them and share truth. Help them make sense of why there's a world, why it is the way that it is, and why in the world they're in it. You have the ability to teach them that. Will you do it? Will you do it? I'm going to ask him to come up real fast. He's going to play that last song for us again. So will I. I love the words of that song. So will I. It's, it's going to be our hope and our prayer this morning. That you will be that person. You will be the person that doesn't just believe these words are true for you. They're true for everyone around you. These words don't just bring you help or bring you healing or bring you hope. They bring help and healing and hope to everyone. These words just don't help make sense of our life. They help make sense of everybody's life. These words haven't just set us free. These words set people free. It's what they do. They're true. And Jesus promised where there is truth, you'll be set free. And so let me pray for us. And then if you've got some time, stick around and sing this song with us. So will I, God. There have been many over the years who have shared your truth with others. From the disciples, to the apostles, to the early church, to our grandparents. There have been many over the years who have said, I will share the truth with someone else. And I want you this morning to say, so will I. So will I. We've got some packets of the cards that we've been making all series long available. They're kind of bound together in one easy little to read um, story, if you would. Maybe you've been collecting each card after each Sunday. Maybe you thought we were trying to sell you something on the way out. Like, thanks, no, no thanks, no thanks. It wasn't a pyramid scheme, I swear to you, okay? It was the seven words. And so we've got them together in one packet. And I want you to take it. And the challenge is to give it away to somebody this week. Maybe something as simple as like, hey, my pastor at my church was talking about these seven words. Take a look at them. What do you think? Or hey, this word calling really resonated deep in my heart. I'd love for you to read this card and tell me what you think. Maybe read the other ones while you're at it as well. Would you be that person that says, Lord, I'm going to share the truth with somebody else. And here's a way that I could do it. It's a new little Bible tract, if you will. But I just want to be a church that says we have the truth. We know the truth. We've been set free in different ways. Now we want to return the favor. We want to return the favor. Let me pray for us and we'll, we'll sing that song again. God. Our hope and our prayer as a staff the last few weeks has been that one of these words would grab a hold of somebody's heart. Maybe each person in this room um, gravitated towards a different word in the series. God, Maybe they never knew about you as their creator, their personal creator. It was a generic creator, but not one that formed and fashioned them and every cell in their body. Or maybe it was the idea of curse and captivity, that they are more entrenched and covered in sin and ugliness and selfishness than they ever thought. Maybe that's why they realize nothing they try is working, nothing they do is helping God. Maybe the word covenant grabbed a hold of somebody's heart the last few weeks, God, and they were like, what? These promises have been made. Again, not generic promises, but promises with me in mind, promises to me personally. This covenant that he will make it right, you will make it right, God. Not just what's happening deep in the universe, but also deep in my heart. You will make it right. Maybe the word Christ finally came alive for somebody 
the last couple of weeks where they realize what Jesus did, that his blood cleanses us. It doesn't just cover up the problem or conceal the problem. It cleanses the problem. It buys our freedom forever, God. It's perfect, holy, eternal life. And so he can offer it for all time. And so for all time, we're set free. Or maybe it's that word calling. Maybe last week people learned for the very first time they're being called like blind Bartimaeus was called by Jesus. They're being called into a relationship. They're being called into a job. They're being called into a lifestyle that is so much better, so much bigger than anything they've ever imagined, God. The calling's not for paid professionals. The calling is for everyone who claims the name of Jesus. Or maybe, Lord, the word culmination, even though we didn't get to spend a whole lot of time on it this morning, maybe the idea of heaven and the new heavens and the new earth, maybe that's just something they just gravitate to. Maybe life has been so broken or they're just so lonely or loved ones have already passed away. Maybe they just want to go home. And so the hope and prayer is that one of these words would grab a hold of us, God. But more than that, that all seven of these words would be words that we share with our friends and our neighbors, our classmates and our coworkers. That these seven words would be constantly on the tip of our tongue, God. That we would try to direct people towards these words because these words are true. And we believe that where there is truth, there's freedom. And if we love the people around us, God, if we truly claim to love others, then we will do and say anything and everything we can to bring them freedom. So help us, God, now to be a people of these seven words, a people that are constantly sharing these words with others, inviting them into this great story and showing how these seven words are true, period. It's true for them, and we want them to believe it. Please make it so now, God. Will we be like those throughout centuries past who have responded to your call, will we say, here I am, God, send me. Or as the song so adequately puts it, so will I. So will I. We sing that to you now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.